We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A double in the building. The year. Playoffs. Playoffs are here. New beginnings for the G-Men. Who else would wear merch from a team who won four games this year than your boy? You, usually when someone does that, it's because it's, it's a new era. Like, finally, the terror is over. Like, I feel like Jet fans last year when Adam Gase finally got fired, they wore everything possible. So I totally understand that Jive fans are wearing their gear because... Boy, the last, I was going to say last few weeks, but forget the last year or so has just been a nightmare from the training camp stories of players retiring and then just these past press conferences. Good Lord. I mean, he did everything in his power to lose his job, right? Those last five to six weeks were just a nightmare from the way he handled the media, talking shit about Washington, like subtweeting kind of. I thought the Pat Shermer stuff was unnecessary. Just everything. Yeah. Uh, and then I... You know, I'm not for bullying, but I feel like Giants Twitter and social media bullied the Giants into firing Joe Judge. Especially to a fake tough guy, because Joe Judge is a fake tough guy. That's you, what it That's what it seemed to be like. Yeah, you, a guy that wants to, like you saw what Warren Sharp posted about, oh, we're going to play like, every play is like, our bodies are on the line, our reputation's on the line, we're going to go out there with pride, we're going to represent this city, and then quarterback sneak on third and nine. Yeah, it's the, dude. I told you, and you you always laughed at it when I said he lost me. Game one with the Steelers, no man's land, Monday night football. He punts on fourth and one. I'll never forget that. I turned to all my friends. I'm like, ah, he 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 don't got it. He don't got the balls. Wow. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Way back then, it was the COVID year, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt last year because there was some respectability. There were like at yeah. least last year yeah. they played hard every game. Right. Like they, they rarely got blown out. There were there was rarely a, a no show from the team this year. Defense got, was a legit top ten unit. Defense was very legit. Remember I was singing the praises for James Bradbury. I was like I love the signing. Yeah. Dude should be in the conversation for defensive mm -hmm. player of the year. He's not going to win it obviously, yeah. but he should be in the discussion. 
And yeah, they fall a, a half game out of the division last year, but that's because the division was so bad across the board with right. Dak going down mm-hmm. and all the stuff that happened in Washington. But for the most part, some Giant fans were excited and optimistic about this year because of the free agent signings. And now it's year three of Daniel Jones. Let's see something. But, dude, just just flat. Colossal flat. failure across the board. Yeah, and it needed to be done. They had to fire Joe Judge right. because the worst situation to be in, I personally hate it, and I feel like you're a lame duck coach no matter what the coach is when – the GM job is available, and there's a head coach in place. Like, you need to clean house across the board. I don't think it yeah. works like that. Usually, it's the other way around. The GM stays, head coach is gone, like, hence in Miami. And you saw with Tampa Bay, like, people thought Jason Light should have been fired, yet they keep him and then bring in Arians, and now they win a Super Bowl. So, usually, the GM gets to keep his place. But would you agree that it's the GM picks his cor- uh, his head coach, right? Then the head coach finds the quarterback. You know, collectively yeah. together. And I just think there would be so many potential candidates that'd be turned off by the Giants if Joe Judge was there. Of like, course, like, they just see his approach, just the press conferences. Like it just seems like everything was lost with him. There was no identity, and it's hard to take him seriously. So I can see GMs as bad as things are in, per se in Chicago. Or uh, things are okay, Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's in a really rough cap situation. But like, if you compare the three, it's like if Joe Judge was stayed, I'm taking my chances in Minnesota, Chicago. Now it's kind of like even playing field. Oh, and I also think that those two teams, at least the direction they're going, is way better than what the Giants have. Right. At least Minnesota was a team that they have a lot of good players. Yeah, some guys are making big money, but at least they're like, all right, all these guys are ballers. In Chicago, you don't know what's up with Fields. Mm -hmm. Do you like Fields? I do like Fields. I just, I find it very concerning. You want to talk about bad preference conferences. What happened Monday in Chicago was a total atrocity. They took the the journalist journalist death, uh, Dickerson, and they used it. They kind of connected the president to Matt Nagy's son being booed. Oh, Matt Nagy game booed at a game with his son playing. Hmm. Like, it connected the death of... Of the B-Rider. Yeah, the 11-year-old not having either of his parents now to any transition to how it wasn't right that Matt Nagy's uh, got booed at his son's game and people are saying, get fired. And everything. It was just... It was a real weird correlation. And then Olin Krutz, who's a five-time All-Pro center, I remember back in the early 2000s, one of these monster centers. Like he was, him and Kevin O'Wire were like the premier centers back in the day. And they offered him a job for like $15 an hour to help come be assistant coach and help the team, you know, learn pass protections and be offensive line coach and all that. For $15 an hour, you're telling me a five-time All-Pro center, a guy who played for your franchise for over a decade is now getting paid that. So things are really ugly in Chicago right now. I'm surprised it's not getting more visibility but then again i guess the giants have just been commanding a lot of attention i mean yeah i think it was such a shock to people that joe judge didn't get fired on monday and you were talking about it before we started recording how the entire conversation in the nfl has just been about the coaches still like no one's really talking about the wild card games coming up mm-hmm. biggest weekend of the year really if you think about it like three days of playoff games right. uh, we've never had that before what once the best quality i think divisional weekends the best yeah, yeah yeah right but do you still feel that way though because you used to always say that because you had the two top seeds from each conference playing as opposed to now it's only the the one seeds that are not playing right uh 
It's just I also kind of being turned off by the seven seeds. Like this year in particular, I think the seven seeds it just they don't fit in. Mm. Like last year, at least the Colts have respectability. Like right. The Colts you could consider a playoff team. The Bears we already know that was a total disaster. This year, I feel like neither of these seven seeds are all that compelling. So I think that's what's hurting the wild card now is just the fact that the NFL is oversaturated with these seeds. The last thing I want to say about Joe Judge and the Giants is that a it needed to happen. B, I'm glad it happened. And now I feel as if if they find the right GM and head coach, it doesn't take much to turn an organization around. We've seen it time and time again. And the Giants have some draft picks. They're, they have a golden opportunity right now. Yeah. Two top 10 picks is huge. That's another reason why Joe Judge, like, how can you keep a guy after all this when this is a crucial year? Like, you have a gift right now. Two top 10 picks got deliver yeah and of course two top 10 picks and there's not a trevor lawrence kind of draft right i know but you still find quality that's true yeah it's just look at your needs or just look at the talent out there it's like two top 10 picks or two top 10 picks like, yeah you got to get guys that are going to play right away and play at a high level like right. you need to have like I, I look at the chargers draft and i feel like they had the best draft last year i know asante samuel mm-hmm. jr was hurt with like some concussions mm-hmm. in and out the lineup but i mean their first two picks was slater mm-hmm. And then Asante Samuel Jr., yeah. it's like those dudes, they got to make the all-rookie team. Maybe Samuel won't because he missed time. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like that's what you need. You need to get those guys a, a 2017 Saints class, right? You right. get Kamara. You get Marshawn Lattimore. You know, it's a draft class that's going to get more attention, especially if they go on a run, is the 2019 Titans draft class with A.J. Brown, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Nate Davis, and I, I'm missing one other name. Ha- uh, Harold? No, Harold Landry was a few years ago. A few years yeah. ago. But the fact that they got A.J. Brown and Jeffrey Simmons and their right guard, Nate Davis, who's a stud. Like, Titans 2019 draft class. You might look like Because right now, we know how much of a stud A.J. Brown is. And Jeffrey Simmons is on the path to becoming one of the best interior defensive tackles in the league. So, you know, that might be another draft class we start talking about. Um because I think sometimes you look at the teams, whether it's down for trajectory, you look at draft classes. Like if you want to look at Miami, like that 2020 draft class, I think is a big reason why they haven't uh, grown. Because you look at Tua, the left tackle, Austin Jackson, and in the corner with the crazy name, I'm not going to pretend to say his name because I'm going to totally butcher it. But like Miami had three first-round picks, and none of them look like they're going to be anywhere near Pro Bowl caliber talent. Yeah. So when you have so much draft capital, hence like the Eagles this upcoming draft class like you got to hit at least one if not two and three congrats you're probably gonna win a super bowl but (laughs) it's just the fact that miami you want to talk about why you know i love brian flores i think he got a raw deal but why miami has been kind of in this malaise and they kind of botched the 2020 draft yeah which they clearly did you know picking two over right right the thing i mean that's forever gonna like that's forever just gonna be a all-time take Mm -hmm. and mistake i should Mm -hmm. say well, the, the thing that's interesting about the Giants, I feel, and, and look, we're going to move on from yeah. it. It's just that they're my favorite team, so that's why we're discussing this. It just needed to be done, and you need to bring people into the organization that are respected by others in the league, and you have a chance. You have a chance to turn it around, and 
you're going to need some of these guys to deliver, too, that are on the field, right? Kenny Galladay, you can't go a whole season without scoring a touchdown when you're making $17 yeah, million. I hope a he year. comes out good. I like Kenny Galladay. And Tony also. Like, Tony had that, like, three-week stretch where you're like, yo, you know, he broke the Odell record mm -hmm. in a single game. He he was very flashy. He had Diggs dancing around on that one coverage. And I, I think besides Debo, he might be the scariest receiver after the catch in the league. I already will say that. Man, a lot of people feel that way, and he, he, even when after with the ball in his hands, and with the in the Saints game too, which yeah. was the best performance of Saquon Barkley's career, Daniel Jones's career. Also, it's like you look at that game. Mm -hmm. So many times they kind of just like he was uncovered in the slot, checked it down to him right there, and he just made people miss. But yeah. Yeah. look, it it was something that needed to be done. I never want to be in a situation where I need to fill in a position while I have other positions ahead of me. Like, you don't want to go into a season with a head coach and a new GM because right. it just never ends well. Right. Unless the GM is established like a Sean McVay or a Kyle Shanahan. Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side is you're probably not letting go of the GM in that situation, yeah. too. Yeah. So it, it's weird, man. Yeah. It just needed to yeah. be done. And, and look, Dave, Dave Gettleman retired because he didn't want to get fired. Yeah. Right? Like, that's why he stepped down. I love Strahan's reaction. They asked him about the Giants potentially hiring from within for a GM. And Strahan's like, no. Like, he just wanted no part. Wow, why would you? So, well, yeah. Like, why would you? Strahan has the best gig. Like, I, I would have never. No, like, Strahan didn't want the Giants to hire from within. He wants someone totally oh, new. Yeah. He's oh, talking about, dude. He doesn't want anyone in that organization no, to take no, no, the no, GM. No. Yeah. I want someone from Baltimore, from Kansas City, from Indy. Like, give yeah. me a dude from that umbrella. You know yeah. how Impy raves about, like, the coaching tree? Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, I want a guy from that organization. Yeah. That's what I want. Remember when the dude was rumored from the Patriots to come, come over? His name was, like, Nick something was his name. Uh, Nick Seriano? Probably, but he, he was like a Sereno. He's in Houston now. He was a front office guy from New. I'm like, you know what? I want that guy. Like, I want someone from an organization like that. Don't find someone from like Cleveland. Like right. none of that. Like yeah. I need model franchise. There you go. So, uh, I want to talk about the awards. I want to give them out now because regular season's over. Regular season is over, and I don't want these to clout people's judgment. If in the event your MVP gets bounced in the first round or the offensive player of the year has 28 total yards. Yeah. Like I hate, it's a big pet peeve of mine. Why not have like an award show this weekend kind of? Let's do it on a Friday. Do it like on a Friday. Yeah. And you just announce who the winners are. Whoever can make it can make it. Whoever can't. Right. And you just have it like that. You do it virtually. Yeah. Do it. Do it now. Like, I hate that the NBA gives out the MVP award during the conference finals. It's like, dude, the season literally ended two months ago. Yeah. The awards are going to go Super Bowl weekend. It's like a month after the regular season. It doesn't have to be that big of like a ceremony. Like, yeah. Because then what happens if like Rodgers is going to win MVP, but they lose in the first round, their first game, they lose. Yeah. And then Tampa Bay's in the Super Bowl again. Everyone's going to be like, oh, Brady was the MVP all year. It's like, well, no, that's not what should happen. It's a regular season award. Right. Give that shit out now. Why do we wait? I think so, people itself got to be educated. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But we do live in the moment so much. It, it's true. So I don't know if there's a solution. I just think I'm not a big awards guy either. So I don't put too much. Oh, you're not? They're cool. But like, I'm not, I don't jump up and down for them. Like, Interesting. Yeah. I kind of like the awards because I can look back and historical context and i could look at there's all significance pros. to it yeah absolutely i like all pros i like all nbas mm -hmm. because i wasn't i wasn't watching basketball in 
1995. So I can't tell you anything about that era. But if I look at the all NBA teams, I look at who won MVP, I look mm-hmm. at who was defensive player of the year, I can say, oh, that guy had a great year, yeah. right? All pro stuff to me, it means something. Being recognized. Yeah. Like so that's why I, I like yeah. talking about these. Let's open up with coach of the year. Who do you think is the coach of the year? Mike Vrabel, without hesitation. I agree with you. And I found it ridiculous that prior to this last weekend, so after week 17, he was still like the fifth favorite from an odds perspective. And I tweeted out like, dude is probably going to be the one seed in the AFC. Mm -hmm. How many games did Julio, AJ, and Harry miss? Five. Five. They played together. They played together only five games. That's wild because the entire offseason coming into this is like, yo, that big three is amazing. But if one of them goes down or two of them goes down, well, what happened? At one point, all of them were down and you kept the ship afloat. Yeah, you got some bad losses on there. Like you lost to the Jets. You lost to the Texans also. Yeah, but you also got bad losses though. Right. That, but also you got some monster wins. Kansas City, Buffalo. The Rams, yeah. the first time when you go out there without Derrick Henry also. It was like Adrian Peterson. Dude, literally at Adrian Peterson. Like, what the hell? You know, so to me, it was mind-blowing yeah. that Vrabel wasn't the unanimous pick. Now I feel like he is the consensus right. pick. Is that what you're feeling and hearing? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just curious if you had to pick another one. Is it like a runner-up? Yo, I'm you t- know what's crazy to me? How come LaFleur isn't mentioned in this? I think he should be. The model of consistency. So when I, I, cause I posted this on my Instagram mm-hmm. and on Twitter and then I sent it to you. I was yeah. like, yo, I would like to get your opinion on this and also talk about yeah. it on the show instead of just tweeting it out. But I couldn't believe that everyone was like Zach Taylor. I, feel like I even Ta- got Mike, I even got Mike McCarthy. Oh, all right. All right. Well, we're not talking about that. <laughs> we're not talking about that. Uh, Zach Taylor. I feel like he's kind of been responsible for a few losses, mainly the San Francisco game. Like, all right, I'll give Zach Taylor credit. He's finally proved himself he clearly coaching this league because there was a lot of talk that another bad year he wasn't gonna get fired so i i given the surprise element you know give him his kudos but to me i think just looking at game by game like zach taylor his conservative style is kind of limited since that anyway so i would definitely not put him in. i think it's rabel put lafleur and i don't know really who else i i feel like belichick because of the rookie quarterback yeah. thing and also how from last year to this year. Other than that, though, because uh, I feel like there's a lot of the same playoff things. People, Some people are saying, Sirianni, look, you got to beat someone. Like, I'm not trying to – Philly's made progress. I feel like I come off as a big Philly hater on this podcast. Uh, it's just they haven't beaten anyone. Look, they made progress, but don't, don't, don't get me started with Sirianni. No way. I, I feel like it has to be – I would be give it a Sean Payton before Sirianni. <laughs> and they didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, man, I think it's Vrabel, and I think if it's not Vrabel, it'll it'll be a travesty. Yeah, and look, we're gonna make jokes and mock him later, but man, Mike Tomlin, I would give it to Mike Tomlin. Oh yeah, yeah, like, dude, what? Mike Tomlin would make my top there. I see, I'd pick Mike Tomlin over Taylor in a heartbeat. So, bro, I feel like Mike Tomlin should have been coach of the year with the Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges <laughs> season just to get that team to eight and eight. Like that was yeah, wild. So. They might just rename the award the Mike Tomlin. I mean, they should, right? Yeah. Dude, 15 years of winning seasons. Right. And just one of the most likable people. <sighs> Amazing. All right, the next one that we got here, we agree on that. Um, I don't know your answers. If you saw mine, then you knew mine. But for the most part, I didn't see yours. Let's go to, I do feel like we'll have some consensus ones. Like defensive rookie of the year, do we need to spend much time? Michael Parsons, next question. Like that was from like week five. It yeah. was like, yo, this guy's going to win it. There's yeah. no other place. I mean, he he might even be in the discussion for defensive oh, player of the year he too. Is, yeah. Who uh, is your defensive player of the year? This is the hardest one. 
it really was like I, for three months at those miles Garby he kind of tailed off it came down to two I will give TJ Watt the slight nod over Aaron Donald but I seriously consider Aaron Donald you know Aaron Donald played over a thousand snaps this year he led the league in most snaps for a defensive tackle guy's 30 years old playing that many snaps just insane and he still had 13 sacks he was very disruptive but I ultimately gave the TJ Watt just because I think he pretty much carried a pretty mediocre Steelers defense. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think the Steelers defense is that good. I think they've kind of, over the past two months or so really fallen off. And Watt was just just consistently making plays, getting pressure, destroying runs. Like he's just everywhere. And to me, him and Minka Fitzpatrick are the main reasons why Pittsburgh's in the playoffs for the most part. So I'm gonna give it to T J Watt, even though Aaron Donald's just another phenomenal year. Yeah, to me, I think it's I, I'd probably put Aaron Donald third. So you put Parsons second. I put Parsons second and T.J. Watt. Look, T.J. Watt broke the sacks record, and he missed two games. He he really missed like I'd say about three games worth because there were some times where you know it looked like he pulled a groin, pulled his back or something, and right. dude just had a monster year. And he carried he mm-hmm. carried the Steelers defense like you were saying. Like guy just wrecked games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the coolest thing about it was they gave him the bag before the season, mm-hmm. and it's sort of fear the Pittsburgh front office right. and the Pittsburgh fans. They're like, yeah. "Yo, we gave this guy a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. plus, yeah. and he delivers with this." Exactly. Also, I'll mention it wasn't just him and Fitzpatrick. I gotta give love to Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward's another <laughs> Cam stud. Hayward, yeah. I watched highlights of that Ravens game, and boy, it was a tough sixteen minute watch. That game was one of the worst games I ever seen in my life. But boy, Cam Hayward made some plays. So, you know, those are the three cornerstones of that defense. But man, T.J. Watt. It's just you want to talk about a player that has that relentless motor. I feel like he just embodies that. Like if you want to look at that phrase, like growing up, I thought it was like Jared Allen. Like I loved Jared Allen. Grow up, he just wouldn't stop moving. Now it's T.J. Watt. Hey, you know he's about to make his third All Pro team. T.J. Watt? Yeah, he's made the All Pro team twice, bro. Me, really? he got into like a uh, not even heated. We just like tweeted at each other. Wait, he made it in 2019. Yo, so I'm on his uh, Pro Football Reference. He has two all pros. He made it in 2020, yeah. 2019 and 2020. He made it in 2019? Yeah, wow. he had eight forced fumbles and he had 14 and a half sacks. All right, he damn, I thought I thought this was like his like I know last year he was really yeah. good. Last wow. year he had 15 sacks. Yeah. So wow, this is third all pro. All right, he's getting up there. All right. Yeah, cuz cuz us two were cuz uh I had said we we were recording back at my yeah. crib, my parents' house. Yeah. I was like, "Yo, TJ Watt is better than JJ Watt." And you're like, "Nah, man, don't get crazy." I just before and down, JJ Watt was the poster child for like the most dominant defensive player in the league. I mean, you were talking jokingly about the coach of the year being the Mike Tomlin award or, mm-hmm. or naming it after yeah. Mike Tomlin, you easily could have said the same thing about defensive player of the year. Cause he won yeah. three of four right. and like that stretch. So, so yeah, I was, I was kind of like trying to like rile you mm-hmm. up, but dude has been a baller, yeah. man. This could, he keeps going like this. It's going to be a conversation. Let's see in a year or two, but man, I did not know that because making the all pro to me, that's the real standout award. The fact that he's already gotten three or on the verge of being three, like, wow. Okay. Yeah, man, that's what I, that's what yeah. I was telling you. I thought you. it was only going to be a second. Yeah. That's that's why I was telling I you before how, how much I value, like, yeah. all pros and all NBAs because I think, like, you know, five, ten years from now, we could look back and say, oh, this dude yeah. made so many all pros. And it's not a popularity contest. Yeah, no, nah, this is an on-the-field, you got you to gotta perform kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, man, that's uh, those are our picks for Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You want to go to the offensive side? Yes. Offensive rookie of the year. Jamar Chase. <laughs> Another one where we could just kind of skip over there, it. There was a lot of good rookies. It wasn't like, like the defense I thought was lacking this year. Offense, you can name five or six, but Jamar Chase is just on another tier. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you think they should do something for offensive linemen? Yeah, give them some kind of award. I yeah, feel like they're still left out. Yeah, like, yo, Slater should. I mean, uh, Slater on the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Humphreys, the Creed center. Humphrey. Oh, yeah. my God. I feel like Trent Williams should go offense player of year consideration. Like, there yeah. needs to be an award for offensive linemen. And given how... And it, it, it and it means that it's a prestigious yeah. one. Like we value that like offensive player of the year because look, an offensive lineman is never going to win any of these awards. But you notice some of the splits with this guy in the lineup, yeah. with this guy out of the lineup. And given how things have evolved over the past five, ten years, or hey, even given the nineties, like John Madden was the first one. You know, rest in peace. He was giving offensive lineman recognition. Like Nate Newton, I had no idea who Nate Newton was, but he literally put Nate Newton on the map. Like I think given how much the game has changed and how much people are watching film and you know pff and the grading system like offensive linemen we have the information there to really award them so why not create at least one and it could just be overall it doesn't have to be a tackle guard center even though that would be cool but yeah I, i'm totally with you on that because uh, no not a yeah. tackle guard center i yeah, think that just, gets too, give it, it becomes too much right yeah, like uh, uh, the offensive lineman of yeah, the year yeah and it's like something where like maybe it's an incentive or a bonus but it's something that I feel like for sure, man. Like you look at Creed Humphreys, you look at Slater. Um, it's it's clearly Jamar Chase, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jalen Waddle set the rookie receiving records. Congrats! Your A dot was like negative two yards because a yeah, lot of the that's way a high that, school offense. Yeah, the way that they were scheming up things for you to get yeah, the ball. But Mac Jones, hats off to him. He made the playoffs with mm-hmm. them, but. I don't feel like there was a game that he actually won. Uh, Najee Harris deserves a lot. You know, Kyle Pitts did his thing. There, there was some, there was some damn good. Dude, rookies. Pitts had a monster year. Yeah, but he just didn't score like t- double digit touchdowns. No, he, only, he literally scored one touchdown, and it, it was in England. So he still hasn't scored a touchdown in America. <laughs> there, so it's it's very fortunate. But yeah, it's crazy. Like if you look at some people on Twitter, like in the fantasy community, they're like oh my god, Kyle Pitts. It's like bro, yeah. A thousand yards. Like he was an awful situation. Let's 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 see him get some talent. But yeah, it's easily it's easily Jamar Chase. Yeah. Uh offensive player of the year. To me, this award should be given to the most productive skill position player. The quarterbacks take him out. Quarterbacks get enough praise. Let's give this to the best skill position player, the most this, productive. This, I, I a thousand percent agree with you. Yeah. A quarterback should never win this award. Yeah. Because you get the MVP. Yeah. Let's split it up. Let's give guys some love. Yeah. Uh this is about purely production. And I know I've been saying Jonathan Taylor over Cooper Cup, but this is purely production. And there isn't a player more productive than Cooper Cup. This is Cooper Cup's award. This isn't about value. This is about overall statistics and and performance. And Cooper Cup, week in, week out, just I think over ninety yards every game. What more can you say? 145 catches, 1,947 yards, 16 touchdowns. His worst game from a yards perspective was like 91. Was 64. Oh, it was okay against Arizona. He had he caught five passes. Oh, that was that blowout back in week four. Yeah. Besides that, he surpassed 90 yards in 16 of the 17 games. Ah, so that's a statistic. Okay. Like yeah, and and in in some of those games he had eleven for ninety five, nine for ninety six, seven for ninety six, mm-hmm. six for ninety five and one, seven for ninety two. Like he was still productive in those games. Mm-hmm. 
Like if you talk about consistently showing up every week with the exception of one, which happens, right? Like even Aaron Rodgers, he's going to win MVP probably. He had that stinker week one, right? right? And then he missed the game also. People could have bad games. Yeah, people let's, are going to have bad games. Yo, Brady yeah. against the Saints, yeah. 9 nothing, got shut out at home. What's yeah. up? Brady in the Halloween game against the Saints, not much better either. Do like three picks. So you're going to have bad games. Mm-hmm. But start to finish, like, dude just was the most consistent, most productive player in the league. I even think he should be, like, a top five MVP candidate. And I said it back in, like, week eight Mm -hmm. and nine, how he's not going to win it. But if there there was ever going to be a wide receiver to win it, like, Cooper Cup checks all the boxes. Triple crown winner, only four in history. Mm -hmm. It got to be Cooper Cup. Yeah. And no disrespect to Jonathan Taylor. He had a monster season two. But what a brutal ending. Brutal ending, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, all right, we've agreed on pretty much all the picks. We have agreed on all the picks. I was very close going Aaron Donald. Very, very close. MVP. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I know yeah, some people look, may want to make a case for Brady, but I just think Rodgers is much more consistent. All right, let me ask you this. Who would you put third? So it's Rodgers, Brady. Can I give you one? What about Joe Burrow? You want to go Cooper Cup? Ooh. Hmm. Because unfortunately now that the Colts didn't make it, Jonathan Taylor, like I would have put Jonathan Taylor third if the Colts made a playoffs, but now he's he's gone, unfortunately. As much as he had so created. Joe Burrow had 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. I th- Burrow's certainly up there. I think Burrow I probably put fourth. I think Cooper Cup at this point is not top three. I just thought Burrow maybe early on had a few letdown games, but for the most part, what a season. You know what? It's probably Cooper Cup third. Yeah, and then Joe Burrow, and then round out the top five. I don't know. Either if you want to go Mahomes, you want to go Josh Allen, pick your, pick your guy. I feel like you'd probably go Mahomes. Yeah. It's hard not to. You got the two seed. I mean. And especially with how slow he started to turn it around. So, yeah, I feel like that's an accurate yeah. top five. I want to see how it plays out because mm-hmm. I like that. I like when guys are like, you know, he finished third in MVP. Like, mm-hmm. that's important too. Um, all right, man. You ready to talk about some of these games? That's good. Yeah. Game number one, Allen. The Raiders travel to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Talk to me about this one. What a tough spot for the Raiders. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What a tough spot. <laughs> what did you do to the schedule makers, Vegas? Like, I'm curious, what are they going to, how are they going to schedule the winner of Arizona and the Los Rams. Angeles Rams? Oh, Monday. Like, oh, they can't play, you can't play them. Like, that would just be pure, that was cruel. Oh, man. You cannot play those guys. Especially on when Saturday. they're likely going to have a road game, too. Yeah. So I hope. However, maybe maybe you just do AFC game Saturday, NFC game Sunday, but there's just the NFL's just gotta be smart with this. And I think they should have been more aware of how the seedings were gonna end up being, even though it was super complicated with the AFC going mm-hmm. to that Sunday night game. But uh yeah, this is definitely harsh on the Raiders, but you wanna talk about one of the most resilient teams ever. Like this team is as battle tested as it gets. If there's any team that could deal with something like this, it'd be them, right? Right. We've also seen them go on the road this year and have some notable wins. They won in Pittsburgh. They won <clears throat> They won that game in Denver after the firing of uh, John, John Gruden. To be a red-hot Colts team. 
beat a red hot Colts team on the road who no one gave them a chance. They were like a nine point underdog. And then on Thanksgiving, they beat the Cowboys. So these are spots where they're familiar. And look, you there's a you know, never say die attitude with them. It starts with Derek Carr. But they got absolutely destroyed by this schedule. I, I don't think it's fair. Um, if you're looking at it, it, it's it's a brutal spot for them because they come such an emotional high. Emotional high. Yeah. The defense played 88 snaps. Those guys were gassed. They, could, they couldn't stop a fourth down. Like how many fourth downs? Yeah. Justin Herbert. It was a 19 play drive yeah. there, and they're gonna have to handle a lot of adversity going into Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Who the Bengals, for the most part, rested everyone that mattered for them outside of Jamar Chase, who they wanted to set the record, and then they got him the hell out of there too. And now they got to play the 4:30 game on Saturday. Uh, this is. I would not be happy if I was a Raiders fan. Raiders have to make it ugly. They got to win the trenches, and that's where they have somewhat of an advantage uh, with their offense. I don't feel like they could really get in a rhythm in terms of their pass game. It's more of just because I don't think Derek Carr has played all that well the past few weeks, but he's just making some big throws in, in big spots. But if he could just pop up, get a couple of those pop-up throws and just control line of scrimmage with the whole line and just Give Josh Jacobs a rock. Like I think Josh Jacobs is one of the more underappreciated running backs. He makes a lot of good decisions. Like his vision, he could turn a two-yard loss into like a four or five-yard gain. Like I know it's easy to run on the charges, but I feel like Josh Jacobs has really been uh, the reason why the Raiders have been so effective the past few weeks, at least offensively, because it's been a struggle for them at times. But he's been kind of, you know, ever since King and Drake went down, they're giving him the full workload, and he's delivering. Like I know Hunter Renfro gets all the headlines, understandably so. What a player he is! But you know, Josh Jacobs, I feel like if the Raiders are really going to win this, they need to give him twenty carries, and they got to kind of control the clock because I just don't see how that defense could hold up against the Bengals. Yeah, and if you look at I think when you look at Cincinnati, the first thing you go to is like the weapons on the outside. But Joe Mixon carved them up. Buck 23 on the ground, scored two touchdowns against them when they played in Vegas earlier this year. Bales won decisively. Yeah, it was a close game going into the fourth quarter, but then they won by by three scores. And ironically enough, the first playoff game for both of these quarterbacks. Derek Carr, yes, they made the playoffs, but he didn't play in that. That was the famous it's broke, it's broke video. Yeah, it's Connor Cook played. When he got, yeah, when he got tackled there. Yeah. And Joe Burrow, you want to hear some wild shit? Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, in his career, in which his teams needed to win to advance, mm-hmm. 6-0, oh, four times in college, and then twice with in the Ravens game and then against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. 27 touchdowns, no interceptions. It's perfect. Joe Joey Burr, Joe Shiesty, mm-hmm. Joey Franchise, his nicknames on Pro Football Reference. I like Joey Franchise. Joey Franchise. Is I, it makes me miss St- Steve Francis. Steve Francis. Let's go. <laughs> we need a new franchise. Franchise like the Houston Rockets. Yeah, yeah, I know you like that downstairs. A little flip, baby. <laughs> I like my beats with that. But um, what I was going to say, uh, he's... And he's someone that could take punishment because I do think if there's one thing the Raiders got is that D-line, they harassed Justin Herbert. They beat him up. And this Bengals offensive line, it's been a weakness all season. Like If there's one saving grace for the Raiders is that Crosby's on his game and Gakwe's on his game. They did lose Darius Filan to a torn pectoral. He he had a huge game against the Raiders, made that uh, I mean, against the Chargers. He had that big fourth down stop, so they're going to miss him. But with those edge rushers, if they could get Burrow – 
at least some of Rob that could help. But I just feel like Joe Burrow, like he is so indestructible right now. And he knows how to get the ball quick and he has the weapons too. Like they, they, they remember they got the trio at receivers. Let's not give let's not forget about Tyler Boyd. I oh, think no, no. I think Tyler Boyd's as slick as it gets. Bro, route running, out the yeah, slot too reliable. Yeah, and the Raiders like they're trucking out corners right now. Like, man, I feel bit I'm happy to see Desmond Truth on the playoffs, but boy, having him it's gonna be tough for him and Hayward and Hobbs as well. Like it's just it's just hard to be overly optimistic about the Raiders as greatest story as this is it's just they're going to go into hostile vibe i feel like cincinnati even though they've been bad for so long their fan base is very passionate i feel like we're going to really see a huge crowd for this one it's going to be a real cool environment and just you look at the Bengals, just they're a team that could put up 34 points in an instant like it wouldn't surprise me if they fresh out the gate just boom 40-yard play here nine play drive touchdown like it's, it's exciting time and you know i think like I'm trying to find reasons for the Raiders, but it's very hard to. Unless it's a scrap fest and a couple fluky turnovers, I think this is the Bengals' time. I couldn't agree with you more. This I, is your squad. It is a terrible spot for them. Yeah, I think that they make it through. Hey, by the way, it's a lot of these playoff brackets, they have it shown like the matchups are fixed. It's still the lowest remaining seed, right? Like, correct. I'm not bugging. Yeah, correct. All right, because I've seen some where they're talking about like, you know, the Bengals Raiders are going to play um, the winner of like the Chiefs matchup. Like it's a weird setup how I've seen some of them, but it's it's still like lowest. I mean, if it's chalk, they Bengals they, be playing the Titans. So here's a case that I want to make where I think this is a dark horse conference championship team. Yeah, could be. I mean, if if you win the first round, right, you got a shot. Even though you could be a heavy underdog, obviously, but nah. But it, like this is what I mean. You see, you see how this bracket is set up. Yeah, it, to me, it should always be high seat. Yeah, yeah, but it's misleading, though, because a is. lot of my friends were, you know, because the FFPC challenge is mm -hmm. up where you pick, like, the playoff formats, mm -hmm. and they're like, yo, this matchup might happen. I'm like, nah, that's that's not the case. Like, yeah. if, if Pittsburgh beats Kansas City, they're going <laughs> to go. All hell breaks loose. Yeah, all hell breaks loose. We'll get to that in a yeah. second. But they're going to go to Tennessee. But yeah. if the Chiefs beat them, the way this is set up here, it's telling you that Titans-Chiefs is the next matchup, and that's just not no, the case. There's no way that could happen. No, nah, they can't. So yeah. just be careful when you're looking at the yeah, brackets. Yeah. I, I got to say. I feel as if this game I'm excited for it like I know we're we think it's like a foregone conclusion the Bengals are gonna win but I do like like August who could imagine these two teams nah, in the for sure, so I, I it's it's two great stories and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. and look if there's if there's ever a team right now in the playoffs that you just can't count out it's the Raiders mm -hmm. and they've dealt with adversity all year and I think this is going to be an interesting game. I'm right. leaning heavily towards the Bengals, yeah. though. Like, I think they could win by two yeah. touchdowns. And I think one interesting tidbit, too, is Darren Waller coming back. I was going to mention that. I'm excited for him. Because last yeah. week he came back. And a bit he of saw, a decoy. Yeah, he yeah. saw nine targets, though. Like, yeah. he only caught, like, one or two passes. But yeah. for the most part, like, you know, Derek Carr loves him. That's his guy. And he's going to command the defense's attention where he's going to open up for Zay Jones and Barnett. Well, Byron so you have that guy commanding attention. And yeah. now you got to take Hunter Renfro seriously. Dude, over 100 passes, man. Yeah. I, I had projected him. Like, I loved his catch total at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, I think he could push north of, like, 80 catches. Like, some of the guys are like, yo, no shot. I'm like, yo, dude, is like... They have the chemistry one. Yeah, like, QB man. and a receiver have that chemistry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm going with the Bengals yeah. rather comfortable. I, I'm Honestly, I'm thinking, like, 31-17 kind of game. I could see that. Imagine that's the score. Definitely going to play this back. 
Hey, <laughs> take it. The <laughs> next one, uh, a grudge match. We got the Bills at home, four-point favorites per win bet against the New England Patriots. There's another game I'm thinking blowout too, man. Well, it's supposed to be like negative one degrees. Yeah. So I'm, I'm prime Buffalo weather, baby. Uh, prime we, New England weather yeah, too, Yeah, I would right? say yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, yeah. it kind of benefits New England. And I know people can say, oh, Josh Allen's style uh, fits the cold weather. I'm like, no, not really. Like I saw stat like under four degree weather, Josh Allen, his numbers are pretty ugly. Mm. And, you know, look, hopefully it's cold. There's no snow because I... Josh Allen looked terrible against the Falcons not, too, not like a few weeks ago. Like he's just, I don't know. There's times where he puts too much velocity on his throws, and he thinks these receivers could catch every ball. It's like you gotta realize you can't be throwing with so much velocity in this weather. Like it, you're gonna just lead to drops, even though you have sure-hand receivers like Diggs and Sanders and Beasley. It's just sometimes you gotta tone it down a bit. But uh, no, the weather definitely plays a factor in it. But I think talent-wise, like the Bills are kind of disappeared team. Yeah. And, you know, everyone got excited about New England. They were on a seven-game winning streak. They took the lead in the AFC East. But they're not exactly playing their best football coming into this. They're one and three in the last four games. Mac Jones, in all of those losses, when he's fallen down double digits, mm-hmm. it's just, it's clipped for him. Like, there's no chance of them Jones coming back to very ugly interception. That one to Xavier Howard. Yeah. And, I mean, look, he just showed that he's a rookie still. Yeah. And that's what I think the big deciding factor is in this one. Mm-hmm. And... You know Buffalo's defense is going to be pissed once again because they were pissed after that game on Monday Night Football against New England. You saw what they did to New England in New England. And I think now Buffalo also has a running game. Yeah, it's big. Like Singletary has taken over that backfield. They're giving him north of 20 touches, I believe, in the last four Mm -hmm. games. And... It's you also still have the threat of Josh Allen running it inside the goal line. And then they're going to do that more. That's, I think, their mm. biggest regret from the first game. I think Josh Allen had five carries and maybe like three design runs in that first meeting when, considering conditions, he should have had about eight to ten carries in that game. And I think they have more confidence with Josh Allen now as a runner, especially since, look, these games are make or break. Like, it's not a matter of, oh, well, we got to worry about his body. It's like, no, we need to win games and come in the goal line when things get condensed it's like you need just your big powerhouse quarterback to get those tough yards and new england's on the best red zone defenses in the league so i think they're going to be more decisive like i trust that coaching staff i think they are going to realize that first game they really should won that and they you know let things crumble when it shouldn't have so but then again they're going to bill belichick though yeah yeah and that patriots defense is still even though they lost uh christian barmore for the rest of the year i still think that defense is as good as it gets you know, you brought up a good point a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Buffalo, how they still haven't been tested on the outside by a stud wide receiver, mm-hmm. where when you're watching that game, you'll turn around and say, man, they miss White. Jadavious mm-hmm. White, they miss him. There's going to be another matchup that you could probably say that it's not going to be that big of a factor. I'm looking past this one if I'm Buffalo. Like, you might run into Jamar Chase. Tyree might, Kill. Tyree Kill. AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to – that's going to get exposed. Right. So, but let's focus one game. Yeah, yeah. one game at a time. I know, I know, but I, I yeah. do think I think Buffalo takes care of business. To me, one thing that I look at when I'm talking about the playoffs, and it might be a very generic take, but I look at the quarterback matchups, and I get it. Bill Belichick, I understand it, and I respect it. He's the goat. There's no question about it. But it's still a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's gonna go on the road. 
Bill, Bill's Mafia is going to be breaking tables galore. And I just think it's going to be a lot for him. I think that moment's going to be too big for him. He's got to throw at least 10 times. <laughs> yeah, you ain't doing that against yeah. Buffalo. Uh, do I mention I think the best receiver cornerback matchup of the week is is definitely Stephon Diggs versus J.C. Jackson. I had no idea until two days ago. J.C. Jackson's a free agent. Yeah. So, boy, if he could do a good job on Diggs, which he has in the past, uh, those numbers are just going to keep going up, and some teams, they're going to want to pay that. Where are you leaning on this one? Earlier in the week, I thought this was one of the tougher ones, but I just watched these teams like, ah, Buffalo's too good. Like, even though the weather I'm a little concerned about just because the Bills are so reliant on their passing game, I'm going to trust McDermott and Dayball. They're, they're going to learn from that first game and I think just a more talented team reigns supreme. Man, you're right that they rely on that passing game, but, dude, Singletary. He is. No, and I'm glad they're finally doing it. Yeah. Because I feel like he is that power back they need. And, you know, I have a feeling either Poyer or or Hyde is going to capitalize on Aaron throw from Matt Jones because I do think look Buffalo they're going to dare him to throw the ball and mm-hmm. I just at this point right now Matt Jones I don't want to trust them throwing the ball I mean if you're Buffalo I think that's exactly what you do you put nine guys in the box mm-hmm. and you're like yo y- y- if we lose to Mac Jones then so be it maybe he's the second coming of Brady or some shit mm-hmm. but right now like you got to beat us Rook. right I ain't letting you do that that, that, Myers, that yeah. five attempt game no 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 this ain't the wing T offense <laughs> Like, you got to throw yeah. that shit. And yeah. that's what I think Buffalo does. Right. To me, I think this is uh, the second most compelling game of the weekend, though. I do think this is a very interesting game. I know you're not crazy with the Patriots, but I, I find this game to be fascinating. So I do think it's going to be a slugfest. Maybe because of the weather playing a role, but, man, I don't see it. I really think Buffalo wins this one comfortably, too. I think both Saturday games might be a little lackluster. Okay. I think both could get ugly. But we'll see. Crazier things have happened, that's for sure. Before we continue with today's show, big ups to the members of the Patreon, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Stephen Briggs, and Ryan Pisner. Support for the show comes from Patreon, patreon.com slash veterans minimum. All right, Saturday is over with. Let's move on to Sunday. Um, You were talking about ugly games. Man, all of these are pretty ugly. But I do think the best game of the weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah. About you, you were talking earlier. I'm like, I feel like we're going to have about two ugly games sandwiched yeah. into a damn classic. So <laughs> we got the Eagles going to Tampa. They're eight and a half point underdogs are the Eagles. Weather's supposed to be pretty ugly in Tampa. A lot of rain, like 70% rain. I don't know who that favors. Um, I know that Philly likes to run the ball. They're going to have all their running backs active for this weekend. I I don't think anyone's going to pop for COVID the rest of the way. Like, I think the rest of the playoffs, I think they're going to do something shady with the testing. Uh, Jalen Mills just got it. Did he? Yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, so much for that. Team. Yeah. I know it's Jalen Mills, but nevertheless. I mean, that guy is <laughs> the walking double move. But all right, I guess not. But I, I kind of felt like some of the teams that have playoff implications like no one really pop for covid and i think now with the playoffs maybe they would kind of just like eh, you'll be right kind of thing we'll see we'll see but they got all their running backs back does philly but you can't really run the ball on tampa bay tampa's actually fallen off a bit as a run defense and that's a big reason because levante david's been injured Mm -hmm. if levante david who i think should be back but if he's not playing it's a problem because devin white as good as he is he's not very disciplined He he could lose his gap discipline like 
It's just they need Levante David. I think he's the heart and soul of that defense. So getting him back and then also getting at a very opportune time, playoff Lenny. Playoff so Lenny. Come off IR. Got activated, yeah. <laughs> and if, hey, if it's raining, he might need 15, 20 carries. You better get playoff Lenny going. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Uh, these two teams played earlier in the year. Weird the, Thursday night game. Weird Thursday night game. Like, Zach Ertz's last ever game in Philly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. then he got traded. The next day. The next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Jalen Hurts scored two touchdowns on 10 carries in that game. Um, Jalen Hurts has led the Eagles 3-0, and 27 points per game, 236 yards per game passing over the last three. They're kind of hot coming into the, the playoffs. Um, what's the statistic? They have no wins over a playoff team or a winning team? I uh, think. P- playoff team because uh, they beat New Orleans, which pretty much got them in the playoffs. Yeah. New Orleans is a winning team. Yeah. Even though, boy, I would much rather want New Orleans in the spot, especially given the history they have with Tampa Bay. Word. I, yeah. I feel like New Orleans could have really given them a game. I mean, they always have, right? Yeah. One and three against Brady in the regular season, and then the one the one win that Brady has is in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Now, here's the thing that I find fascinating about this one. Do you think that with these injuries and you know the A-B stuff and the lack of weapons on the outside – I feel like Darius Slay has played pretty well this year. He's had a bounce back because yeah. I remember we were excited when he got to Philly. And then it was like, man, what happened to the Slay on Detroit? He would that, have some moments. That whole Philly team was a mess. Like yeah. That. And then this year he kind of bounced back and he shut down a lot of receivers. Yeah. And I feel like Mike Evans, he's very consistent. He don't really do it for me, Mike Evans. Like I feel like he's a... He's not really like a separator. He, like, no, he's he just, not. He just bullies people. Bully And he ball, does a right? fantastic job at it. So you're a Mike Evans guy. How can you not be a Mike Evans guy? He First off, he's just the ultimate team player. Everyone loves Mike Evans. And he just knows how to use his size better than, I think besides New Hopkins, pretty much better than any receiver in the league. Like Mike Evans knows how to use his body. And just so happens, he has the goat throwing to him mm-hmm. that knows where to place the ball. And look, Mike Evans catch race is absurd. Like he, that touchdown against, I think it was Buffalo, probably one of the craziest touchdowns of the year. Break through that flamethrower on a deep corner. So yeah, the body adjustment too. Was yeah. Sick. So uh, I could see slight giving him problems, but the thing is like Philly's defense is so weak. Like I was talking about it. in the middle of the field, you could just carve him up. Gronk, baby. It's going to be a big Gronk day. Gronk. Perriman's coming on for them. Tyler Johnson, you know, uh, Sky Miller came through in garbage time. Like, they still got options. Like, I know it's definitely not the same. It's a huge talent downgrade, but I still expect it should to be, be enough to sure. get them by Philly. Yeah, I just think Philly is very weak across the middle. Like, Philly pretty much is Slay and Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. Monte Max is decent, but like, it's just their defense gets carved up very mm. easily. And it's just when you have bad linebackers, Brady's going to just. He's going to see that boom right away. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like Brady knows that too, and he knows where to attack. Like, he's he's the perfect quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, no one takes advantage of your weaknesses more than he does. Right, and I feel like Todd Bowles going to crank up the blitzes on the other side, and that could give Hurts fits. I just think, like, Philly had their time. You know, it was huge season for them progress-wise. They had three first-round picks. There's a lot to be excited about for the future. But it says you're going against the defending champs in that environment. It's just the only thing I could say is just they could be able to maybe run the ball a little bit. Maybe Devontae Smith, who I think is a stud. I really do love yeah. him. I think one of the, already becoming a 
big time route runner and someone that could you know it's one about creating separation he could create separation well it's just a matter of he's got to get the ball yeah so uh i think Philly, they, they could score some points but ultimately like this is tampa's game to lose like they just they're just a far better team yeah and i i think knowing that they played them earlier in the year and even when they were all big they kind of took their foot off the gas pedal and then mm-hmm. fully came back made a late charge um i think tampa bay knows that and now tampa bay it's you know we're gonna step on your throat mm-hmm. and i think they try to make jalen hurts beat him with his arm right like right. that would be the best approach to stopping philly mm-hmm. and stopping hurts i think dallas goddard is interesting smith also mm-hmm. he seems to like quez watkins decent speedster yeah it can take the top off the yeah. of defense but also has like the drop seeds too right. i can't get out of my head that the giants beat this team like it, it upsets me that the giants beat the eagles hurts has those games yeah where it's just oh when it's bad for yeah. hurts it, it hurts yeah right like it's <laughs> it's really bad for him right. and look i'm gonna stand by it i think he's a dude that's very productive on the ground and he's an amazing fantasy quarterback but, you know, he's put up, like, 20-point fantasy games where he's thrown 120 yards passing, but he scores two yeah, touchdowns. the rush yards out. So that's why I feel like he's a better fantasy quarterback than he is a, a real, like, yeah. actual quarterback. Yeah. I think it's going to be too much. I think Tampa Bay wins rather comfortably also. Same here. I feel like this is the second most black game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Which segues into the best game of the weekend, right? Oh, boy. I mean, the old rivalry. Ooh. You know they're going to show the catch. Oh, and Chris man. Berman's going to love this when he does the three-minute drill. Man, it's just the stars, the storylines. Like, I don't know what I'm more excited about, especially someone that covers the Falcons between Kyle Shanahan versus Dan Quinn, that that matchup. And then just seeing Debo Samuel and Micah Parsons on the same field. Like, to me, those are the two biggest freaks that aren't defensive linemen in the league. Like, you want to talk about just monster like just creatures like people you can't believe are playing football like these two are just the ultimate highlight reels and i just want to see like parsons try to chase them down like a run or maybe they somehow get maxed up in coverage even though i sure dallas wouldn't want that because right now debo samuel is pretty much uncoverable it's just boy what a Bro, not even coverable unstoppable unstoppable right? like, like that ram that rams game was just he literally did whatever he wanted to feel he even threw a touchdown like yeah bro he just like a clear takeover in that second yeah. half unbelievable yeah look this one is it's it's the game on the slate that i'm the most conflicted about it's the most heavily picked underdog like a lot of people are predicting yeah this is the toughest one to call the the niners to win that scares me Mm -hmm. i hate when everyone's on the same side Mm -hmm. like i was blindly asking some of my friends or they'd ask me Mm -hmm. With sports betting now being legal in new york they're like yo what do you like in the national championship i'm like listen i don't like betting on college kids Mm -hmm. that are not going to be pro athletes all of them or most of them Mm -hmm. and i I just have a pet peeve on betting on people that are younger than me that aren't professional Mm -hmm. athletes with that said i could tell you from experience everyone's blindly betting alabama because it's bama Mm -hmm. those are the texts it's bama lol nick saban it's like that's alarming Mm -hmm. reason why i bring that up is i'm getting all these texts about the niners as an underdog Mm -hmm. these two teams I feel like whoever wins this game has the best chance to beat the Packers in Lambeau. Because I really think Green Bay, to look forward, is a shoe-in to make the, the Super Bowl mm-hmm. with the way the NFC is and somebody seems hobbled. But I think these two teams, the Niners and the Cowboys, I'd be the most worried about as a Packer fan. If I'm right. a Packer fan, I'm like, 
and they're teams. and I'm pretty sure they're gonna probably play the winner of this game. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, just the way the seedings are. Um, well, no, they might end up playing. Yeah, the, I just, I just, yeah, I, just I keep forgetting the Cowboys are a three seed because I was so used to seeing the Cowboys as a four seed. Yeah, and now, and now I'm just like, wait a second, because if the Rams win, no, yeah, so yeah. I backtrack. My apologies, but obviously the Niners win, they will likely play. Right, barring something crazy with Philly. Um, well, with this matchup though, because Cowboys had some time. I know that Saturday night game, whatever you want to call it, it mm. was kind of like a cameo. You know, they did their thing, but it's just. Oh man, the Niners, just with their trio and then in the trenches. Like I know we talk about Dallas in the trenches, but the Niners could bring it, and they're likely going to Trent Williams back. Like people don't realize Trent Williams did not play in that game against yeah. the Rams. Yeah, yeah, and they still held up. Now you bring up a good point. So I have a I have a stat here that I found very intriguing that the 49ers create the sixth best pass rush rate without the blitz, and you got a lot of weapons on the field for Dallas. The running backs out the backfield. I love Dalton Schultz. I mm-hmm. think he's been a revelation for them. He's going to get paid. Yeah, he's going to get paid for sure. You got Lamb. You got Cooper. Mm-hmm. You lose Gallup. But Cedric Wilson for them had 100 yards. Plays. And he's in spot duties. He's mm-hmm. been pretty productive. Mm-hmm. So they have weapons. And I think if you can get a pass rush on Dak with just four guys, I think that's huge for the Niners. Because the secondary is a little suspect. To me, it's very, very suspect. suspect. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to be polite. Very suspect. <laughs> but then again... Dallas couldn't do much against a very suspect Arizona secondary not too long ago. And I would say, I don't know, their offense line's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. I see some Tyron Smith's getting up there in age. You never know where you can get from steel. Uh, the left guard's a problem, and, and which in this matchup, going against Arc Arms, so that could be an issue. But it's just from coaching view and then just. I, I, I could see the Niners pump a lot of points. Like this, the, the Dallas secondary is troubling, and they just in that groove where you know what they're gonna get for Debo. I think Ayuk, he's fully back now. Him and Garoppolo have great chemistry, and Kittle's come off a game where he was just mostly as a blocker. Like mm-hmm. like Kittle could is so good, he could he could still have a huge impact on the game and have with, like with four like, catches for Niners because yeah, yeah. what he does as a blocker. Like yep. you watch that Debo same overrun touchdown run against the. Uh, Rams, uh, they were on like a split zone, and he just a linebacker was gushing through. Acap Kittle just levels him. Debo gets bursts into the uh, off the edge, and then he scores. And then on a huge screen to Debo, Kittle once again gets a second level, levels a corner. Like Kittle has the nastiest pancakes, but they're just they aren't pancakes to be pancakes. Like they are game changing blocks, and it's just it's amazing what they could do. And how about Jawan Jennings? Yeah. Another one of these receivers just. Makes plays after catch, and he did it a bunch of times against the Rams. It's just it, it's a really exciting time if you're a Niners fan. And what's crazy is like they looked hopeless in that first half, and but that second half was one of the best things I've seen all season football. And there's a lot to be excited about. I think it just the biggest concern is can Garoppolo avoid making those two three mistakes he tends to make every game, and just the secondary. Given that we know what Dallas has on the outside. The one thing I feel like a lot of people forget is that this is a very similar Niners team to the one that made the Super Bowl. A lot of the same guys. Mm-hmm. I would even argue that the players might even be better now because, like, Debo is more established. Mm-hmm. Nick Bosa is more established. You didn't have Trent Williams then. And I think Elijah Mitchell is is a big thing for them. They have that one back that they can hand the ball off to and they really like. Yeah. And 
last year, this was a team who a lot of people were like, yo, they might go back to the Super Bowl. Right. right? We're talking well, I about Fred Warner, by the way, who's coming from an outstanding too. game against the Rams. Right, right. Yeah. So that's another guy, too. Yeah. And then, you know, they have the season from hell. We've documented this many, many times. The one thing that I'd be concerned about if I'm a Cowboys fan is we've seen it on two separate occasions. They lay a massive egg after a monster win. Yeah, their offense gets static. They beat the piss out of your Falcons, mm-hmm. lay an egg against the Chiefs. You play the Washington football team, beat the piss out of them, you lay an egg against the Cardinals. And then now you're coming off a monster win against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You can make the case, well, this is the playoffs now, it'll be different, which is totally fair. But Dallas strikes me as a team that lays a lot of eggs, especially off big wins. So I'd be concerned there. Yeah, and yeah, he has moments, but it just I see a lot of inaccurate throws from Prescott. Like I just a couple of games, it's just they can't get any rhythm. And Ceedee Lamb becomes anonymous, which is concerning because he's such a weapon. But there's games, particularly against Arizona, where it's just like, when is he gonna pop up? When is he gonna make plays? And it's just I'm like, if if Dallas can't throw the ball, because I don't people. I think people realize like the Niners have won the best run defense league. Like Sony Michelle at one point like 14 carries for 15 yards, then he had like a 12 yard run. But like the Niners shut down running games. So I'm, oh, yeah. I'm 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 concerned. Like, all right, a lot of this is gonna be on Dak shoulders. And look, Dak has all the bill in the world and he could put up four hundred yards and three touchdowns if he could exploit those matchups on the outside because Dallas definitely has the advantages there. But it's just with how well coached the Niners are in that front, you know, there's 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 gonna be challenges ahead. And yeah, look. Let's, let's not get it twisted, too. They put up 50 points against Washington. That was like a JV team that Washington had right. out there because of COVID. And then Philly didn't care about that game. All their guys were out, and they right. put up 50 also. So, yeah, Dak, like, lit it up in those games. But you got to add context to that, right. too. Yeah, it's just I think we have to be optimistic about with the Cowboys. It's just, though, it's like they have so many players that could change the game at one play. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Parsons, Lawrence, Diggs, and then with offensively, we you know we know the talent they have there. It's just their star talent. Some of the Rams is where it's just like okay, they could be struggling, but a couple plays, the whole game could change. So I think that's something to hold on to. It's like okay, they might not be playing as well, but if this game stays competitive, given their star talent, I still think they do have the better roster compared to San Fran. Feel like you're leaning Cowboys. No, I'm going San Fran. Oh, you're going San Fran. I think San Fran. I'm going to trust them coaching wise. I think Garoppolo's somewhat in a groove, but I just, I just feel like, as crazy as it sounds, I feel like they're going to outman the Cowboys. I think they're better in the trenches. Debo, to me, outside of Cooper Cup, is probably the best offense, skill possession player in the league right now. I think he's that good. Or maybe Devontae Adams. <laughs> but just what, what Debo could do is just... Uh, anything that's possible, I think he could do. And I think Kittle's bound for a big game, and Ayuk always makes those timely catches. Like I just love where they're headed. As long as Garoppolo does, doesn't make a couple of brain dead mistakes, uh, I think their offense is going to put up 35, 40 points. You know, poor Dan Quinn, his coaching resume might take a hit. I don't know how those interviews are going to go afterwards. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty confident going with the Niners. As much as I like the Cowboys, I just, I'm really encouraged from what I saw. I thought that second half against the Rams was one of the best things I've seen all year. Like, it was really inspiring stuff. Hmm. Man, I. Uh... I hate saying things like this, but like I really could see this go either way. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, it's it's you, the only you, game I feel about this way. You've you've been saying though first round exit Dallas. I know, and all my friends are like, "Yo, now you're gonna backtrack because I got the hey, I got the you memes make your ready. Pick. I got the memes. Ready. I got the memes ready. You know, you gotta hear from me. Um, 
I'm going to stand by what I've been saying all year. I'm going to go with the Niners. There we go. I'm going to go with the Niners. But I do feel like if the Cowboys could get by this this test, mm-hmm. I really think they could win the NFC. Right. And look, who knows? Like, 49ers could have a massive liability at quarterback. Like, Garoppolo could easily crumble. Like, it, Well, if we're going off the way yeah. I judge the playoffs, yeah. quarterback matchup, yeah. clearly taking yeah. Dak, right? Right. So if you just blindly take the better quarterback in each mm-hmm. matchup, you're probably going to take Dak in yeah. this one. I just, I'm just, i just really concerned with what I've seen from the Cowboys in the past yeah. month. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, but I'm going to go with the Niners. Yeah. I can't back down now. I can't hedge. Right. I've been saying first round battles. There we go. Hey. Got to go to it. Them and the Patriots. Got to yeah, stay with yeah. it. Got to say, you uh, know that parlay's coming. We're yeah. taking we're taking Bills and Niners money line, baby. <laughs> All right. The last game on the Sunday slate. Oh, uh, God. Um, the Steelers are 13-point underdogs going into Kansas City. Big Ben already came out and he said, I, you know, I told the guys in the locker room we're playing with house money. What are we, a 20-point underdog? Let's go out there and have fun. Here's the thing. There's no fun watching Big Ben. Like, what's fun? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, you know what? Sorry. You, you know Look, what? I'm, I'm so outraged you, right now. I just broke it. <laughs> you just knocked over my Funko Pops. Listen, you know who I blame right now for this game? Brand Staley. Yeah, <laughs> and Justin Herbert. You... Oh. No, 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 no. You can't lose that game to the Texans. Are we... Oh, you can't. You, you we could have had Mahomes and Herbert. Look, all right, prime time. Look, slinging. We, we all got bad losses. Look, I'm just blaming Brand Staley for that. And look, Herbert without him, that game is over in the fourth quarter against the Raiders. Like I'm just at this point. Let's just look at what recently happened. I know the Texans game was god awful, but Brand Staley. Ah oh, man, that you took away a Herbert Mahomes playoff matchup for the ages. You. Bastards in LA. But yeah, we get now we get Big Ben, right? And they're playing with house money. We're not spending a lot of time on that. No, we're not. But I will say this one thing that I do like when a team plays a team in the regular season and they blew them out. Remember, it was 30 nothing at halftime when the Steelers and the Chiefs played. The game ended 36 10, I Mm -hmm. believe it was. And I think like Chad Henney even got in on that game or Mason Rudolph came in. Both. Both of them. Yeah. I do like when it's the rematch and people feel this way. Like, ah, Kansas City's going to blow them out. I think the game could be a little tighter. I think you're going to need the defensive guys that you were talking about before. Uh, Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. TJ Watt. You're going to need those guys to step up. And I know Harris hurt his elbow. He's probably going to play, but what you know, at what capacity is he going to be out there? I think the Chiefs win comfortably, but I do think it's a lot of points, too, from a betting perspective. Here's another thing you look at from the previous game. Travis Kelsey out with COVID. Terry Kill only played 38% snaps. Because they both had COVID that week. Yeah. And now they're coming back for this game. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Like, you had Pringle and Harbin just going wild. wild. Edward Tolera, the infamous run. like, And that O-line, Kansas City's O-line, quietly one of the best units in the league. Steelers, like, unless this for me, Steelers, if they're gonna make this somehow, they just need a bunch of like flash plays. Like, Claypool's got to break a 50 yard open, Deontay Johnson have like nine catches. Um, th- I think the one thing, if you're concerned about Kansas City, even though there's no concerns with this game, but their tackling has been really bad the past few weeks. Like, I've just seen them, like, they've missed a lot of tackles, like, whether it was Melvin Gordon or Jamar Chase. Like, I'd be a little concerned about that. But uh, other than that, though, like you really can't make a compelling case. Like just watching Roethlisberger right now, 
Like, he can't throw the ball past eight yards. Like, even that fourth down conversion to, I think it was McLeod, like, he barely got that completed. And it was a routine throw. Like, it's just bad. Yeah. It's just bad. And, like, like people, um, I think Collinsworth on commentary was just getting really, like, he was really pushing the tie. Like, oh, they need a tie. They need a tie. And people are like, why does Collinsworth want ties? But I'm like, he doesn't want to call a Steelers-Chiefs game next Sunday night. And now he has to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, man. Like we could have had we could have had a bar fight. Now it's just like it's an early night. Yeah. Pretty it's, much. It's, man. it's you know, I forgot watch the Cowboys 49ers highlights again. Dude, I completely forgot that Kelsey didn't play in that game. Yeah. That's big. That's big. Because there's one thing you know about the Chiefs, right? Because we've seen it now for a while. Mm-hmm. They they do turn it on when the playoffs come around. And you know where the ball's gonna go. And you kind of still can't stop it. Right, like you know, it's gonna go to Hill, uh, to Hilsey. It could be a tag team. Uh, you know, it's yeah. gonna go to Hill. Yeah. Double digit targets, and the same thing with yeah. Kelsey. So, plus look, the extra day of rest and Steelers coming off emotional high. Yeah, I think this game is like a. I can see it being a commanding double digit lead for Kansas City throughout, mm-hmm. like a seventeen point lead, a fourteen point lead, and then maybe Ben gets a garbage time. Mm-hmm. Minnesota type game on Thursday night football where not that he makes the comeback. I was gonna say they right. almost won that game. They almost won that game. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is, you know, a late touchdown to like Claypool to cut it to ten and then they go for an onside kick, they don't get it. Like that's the kind of game that I see. I do think it's gonna be a little more respectable. The Steelers are not a team that is gonna forget about this beatdown that happened to them. I think they're gonna come out there with Mike Tomlin and they might not forget about, but I just don't think they have the talent. And I think that Chiefs defense, even though they are having issues tackling, they're going to get after Roethlisberger. That's just the O-line. That yeah. O-line's bad. And you look at Chris Jones, who's once again having another monster year, finally playing more inside than with Ingram and Clark. Remember, Ingram was on Pittsburgh. He already had, kind of had his revenge game moment. Kind of yeah. Another one for all I care. But it's just – and, hey, we also got – it's playoff spags time. It's that oh, time yeah. of year. My boy. <laughs> so, so no, nah, I think Chiefs – I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs won by like 27. I think it's going to be a complete route. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I like it. I like that call. I, though, I think I think it's like a, a 10-point game. I think it ends like a 10-point game, like a 30-20 to 20 kind of game mm-hmm. Kansas City wins. But it's in control the whole time. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, with Kansas City winning, but the Steelers covering there. Yet another rematch from the regular season, one in which we saw twice. The Rams lost at home, and then they won on the road against Arizona. The four-five matchup, Monday Night Football. Do you like it? No, not at all. Right? Me neither. I don't like this. I think it's unnecessary, and I think it puts the players at a bit of a disadvantage. But I'll say this game looked a lot more exciting a month ago. Like if the team stayed healthy and they were playing better, I think I would put this right up there with 49ers Cowboys. But given how the teams have played, the injuries, like it, they're exciting teams, but. Something tells me this game does not have the luster it once had, and understandably so. Now, I couldn't agree with you more, right? Like the Ramsey-Hopkins matchup you get excited about. Um, I know they spoke. Kingsbury came out and said that Aaron Donald in the last game won the game for the Rams. Like he was just a game wrecker in that. I think it was more than that. I thought Stafford played his best game of the year. Yeah, that's true. I thought also. Stafford was lights out in that game. Yeah. Absolutely lights out. Yeah. Like, yeah, Donald had his impact, but that's not a shortchange Stafford. I know – he can't stop throwing interceptions at the moment, but that Cardinals game was a thing of beauty. And Jefferson got gold. I thought that was Beckham's best game as a Ram and cupped it, cup things. So, 
Yeah, I don't know if I quite agree with Kingsbury there. I hmm. thought his team got completely outclassed in that game. Yeah, the, the one thing I'll say about the Cardinals, and I feel like anyone that plays the Rams, they should attempt no passes. They should do what New England did to Buffalo because I just feel like you could run on the Rams. I think vice versa, though. I think you'll run the Cardinals. You can run so, on the Cardinals yeah, but too, yeah. both these teams have such high octane offenses, even though right now, like the Cardinals just can't stretch teams. Without Hopkins, I people don't realize how valuable Hopkins is. Like, I know the Cardinals have a lot of these pieces. Maybe they're missing Rondell more a little bit because he provided explosive element. But but still, he's yeah, he's, he's a rookie, rookie guy. He's, rookie. Who... he's like four foot nine, I get. But uh, I'm just saying, like, ever since Hopkins out, like they could not stretch teams. It's very eight yards here, six yards here. It's already just get the ball out quickly. And like I know AJ Green was having. Uh, revival, but I think now he's playing in a more uh, expanded role where defense is key on him. Like he's he's been very disappointing. The offense, pretty much a pass game, has been okay. Ertz get open across middle field, and you know Christian Kirk do your thing. Maybe get you on a deep over. But besides that, I'm not liking what I see at all from this Cardinals team. So I think the big question now is the guys that got brought in by the Rams, whether in the off season and this year. And even going back to, like, Ramsey coming in, right? Like, this is where you want your big Or guys. even today with Eric Weddle. <laughs> Eric Weddle. Shouts to Eric Weddle coming back out of retirement. I think this is where you got to make your money, right? Like, Matthew Stafford, 0-3 in his career in the playoffs. Obviously, with the Lions. We get that. Wait, 0-3? What's the third one? So, they lost to Seattle. New Orleans and Dallas. Okay, Dallas, yeah. 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 I forgot what it was, uh, New Orleans. So... Yeah. But this year, he broke the Rams franchise record for passing, second in the league, 41 touchdown passes to Brady, through the first half of the season, the most efficient quarterback in the league. From week nine on, led the league in interceptions with 11, and four of them got house calls. So he finished also with 41 touchdown passes, but he led the league in interceptions, well, tied for the most in interceptions. And like you said, his best performance was week 14 against the Cardinals. We know where the ball is going to go, where it wants to go. I agree with both of the guys, Van Jefferson and Beckham, having their best games in this matchup. But I want to see Von Miller. I want to see Odell. Mm -hmm. I want to see Stafford deliver because this is why you were brought here. If if they get bounced in the first round, it is a... It's ugly. Like... Bad. It's gonna get bad. It's a colossal letdown. Oh yeah, if you win this game and then you, you got to play Green Bay, like there, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. it's a little more respectable. Mm-hmm. And especially if you see like yo, Green Bay goes on to win the Super Bowl, whatever right. it might be. But for this this game in particular, I think James Conner is gonna be interesting, and Chase Edmonds if, if if Edmonds is active. But also like there's there's some rumors that JJ Watt might return. That would be something. I don't know how effective it would be, but JJ Watt still JJ Watt. You got you got to accommodate for him. So I, I'm uh, I'm intrigued. I'm more intrigued as we talk about it for this game. I am leaning towards the Rams. I just think that despite how bad Stafford has looked at this mm-hmm. home stretch going into the playoffs, I still kind of trust him and McVay more than I do Kingsbury and Murray. Yeah, I think you said perfectly. I just trust all the team in general. The team, yeah, yeah, like. Like, even though defensively they have these spurts where they allow a lot of big plays, but they still have that star talent. And it's just, look, I think Connor, you mentioned before, he could be the big difference maker if they could get him a bunch of touches, just pound the Rams. And then if, say, like a Buda Baker or um, Thompson, I'm blanking on his first name, but he's, he's fleshed a lot this year. But a few turnovers here and there. Like, there's ways the Cronos can win. 
It's just the problem is I just it's been very frustrating to watch them over the past month. They're not getting a huge a lot of contributions. I think Murray looks frustrated and I only trust that coaching staff. It's just as annoying as the Rams have been. It's just I think they're too loaded, and I think McVay's usually good in these bounce back spots because that even though they still won the division, I think that San Francisco game really does bother him. Especially well, that's his first they, loss when leading at halftime yeah. in his and career. And plus, they get owned by the Niners now. Yeah, like six the, straight, right? Yeah. I tell you, yeah. And, and him and Shannon are, are good buddies too. He's not gonna be happy about losing. Oh, Shannon. you know when they're hanging out like in Cabo in the off season? Yeah, like, he's letting them have it. Like, yo, what's up, bro? Yeah, like Shannon's like, got you again. Got you again, yeah. mother. Yeah. <laughs> just shitting on them but uh i think i'm gonna go with the rams yeah like uh, it's still an intriguing game because look the rams are the rams and collars must see but boy i wish this game like a month ago that, like that monday night game we were just amped up yeah for. yeah yeah. now it's just like eh, it's, it's cool Well, you know the, the last thing i want to say with some of these playoff matchups is i always like to look after right like if arizona goes to play in green bay i'm like yo they're gonna get throttled mm-hmm. right where i think the rams could maybe steal one mm-hmm. You know, like, I think Arizona might be, like, a nine-point underdog, where the Rams might be a six-point underdog, right? right? Like, I think that game will be closer. So, I don't know, man. There's just something about the Rams where I, I still kind of want to trust them. But I think in this matchup in particular, they're at home, too. First playoff game in the new stadium. I think that's going to be something, too. And I think they take care of business there. Yeah. That the Rams win. Mm-hmm. You? Yeah, I'm definitely going with the Rams. I know we have the same picks, but I, even though I think these games are fun outside of the two Sunday, you know, the first and then, like, I do think these games are kind of predictable mm. in a way, even though I am pretty amped up for it. Yeah, I think I think yeah. the one that I'm the least excited for is Tampa and Philly. I'm. You might be the only one that kind of is looking forward to Sunday night game. I can't. I this Sunday night game. Is good. I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be a oh, close no, game. I, <laughs> you see, I don't know. If Danny's talking to you too much. But. <laughs> oh, Danny and I, we had a bet that the Steelers were gonna win under eight games, and then they, of course, on the last day went over that. So he's been sending me screenshots, a hundred dollar bills. So we do have that going. Yeah. But yeah, man, I don't know. There's just something about it. Just maybe I'm still thinking of the old school Pittsburgh. But I don't know. Last, last the real last. This is definitely the last stand for Big Ben, right? Like it just has to. Be. Please. Yeah, yeah. We can't see you no more. Yeah. This, this is like uh, if, since we have to get our wrestle, wrestling references, and this is like the Undertaker, like at the end where he just you could just tell. He, yeah. He's got to stop working. Like these matches are not good. Like that's Big Ben, right? Like the performance, it's just it's over. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's, it's sad yeah. for sure. All right, dude, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. At Nick Day is tight as we can find me. At Veterans Minimum is you can find everything for the show. Check out the Discord. We got some daily picks that we're giving out there. We're getting it more active, more popping. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum to get in on that. Uh, We are doing the Super Bowl boxes. First place is going to be either a PS5 or the new Xbox. There's going to be money prizes as well. There's going to be giveaways, merch, and all that. Hit us up for the Super Bowl boxes. It's members of the Patreon that are in the tier, which we give the shout-outs to that you heard earlier. You are going to get one box at a discount because you are in that tier. So for those members whose names were mentioned, I'll get in touch with you so you guys can have first pick of the boxes. And yeah, man, last year I donated some money to a mental health foundation, which was really cool. 
gave out a bunch of prizes, merch, and then also bought some stuff for the studio to help improve the show also. So all positive things. All yeah, it's all going to good stuff. Um, you guys see where the money is going, and also with the PS5, really don't. I don't even have a new Xbox, oh. so we're giving one out. You're a true gamer. Oh man, I'm going right on Call of Duty right after I edit this episode, bro. Alan, <laughs> <laughs> where can they find you, man? Alan Sturk, A L L E N S T R K. And we'll catch you guys next week. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. Thank you.